Minnesota basketball fans, welcome back to the Living in Loserville podcast. He's Aaron, I'm Chris, and we're here to talk some good old-fashioned Timberwolves basketball. If you've listened to the show long enough, you know we end the show with some gopher stuff. Actually, pretty pretty much the same this week. One and one, both teams, right? Both teams had a debacle. The second half slide. Um, not talking about the season, just talking about the actual second half. The Wolves, man, up 23 freaking points. Somehow, some way, <laughs> give up a lead. Um, oh, it was ridiculous, super ridiculous. So we'll talk. And then, you know, at least they turned right around, and that is something they've been really good at this year. Knock on wood, they've only had back-to-back losing streaks. They haven't had that five or six in a row. So that has been good. They bounced right back against a Milwaukee team that, you know, didn't have Lillard and stuff, but uh, they still got the dub. They had the weekend off. Kind of weird. They get three days off, didn't play three games in like four nights, and then they got another week off for all-star break. So we'll talk it through. They have been, we've been talking about, they probably need to shoot more three since they're so good at it. The last two games, and even before that, we're starting to turn the corner there. No doubt about it. Um, speaking of turn the corner, it seems like Ant was in that little funk, especially late in games. Um, I wouldn't point the figure at him uh, solely in Chicago because that was offense and defense in a bunch of players. So, But he, he looks like he's really out of that funk lately, which is a good, good thing we'll look at you know, how the West is shaping up in the top four. And tonight, speaking of the West, the Clippers, big game in L.A. And then we close up with two games on the road with Portland. Like I said, we will talk about the Gophers good and back, you know, at the back end as well. If this is your first time listening to the Living in Loserville podcast, welcome. It streams live right here on blogtalkradio.com forward slash Ropadope Radio. You don't have to go to Blog Talk and Ropadope. You can find this here, Living in Loserville podcast, under Ropadope Radio at Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio. You can download the podcast app, Google Podcasts, Player FM. Also, check out the Living in Loserville page at Spricker, which is also on Spotify. So check that out while you're at it. Head on over to thegruelingtruth.com and Sports News 24. One more thing about Direct TV Stream. Get the best in streaming TV, stream live sports, on-demand shows, and must-have channels you need anytime, anywhere across your favorite devices for a limited time. You know these limited-time specials. $83.99 for the first two months of savings of $50 when you choose the choice package. The first... Uh, package is called the entertainment that starts at 79.99 either way find the package that fits for you direct tv stream okay gonna go ahead and bring in my co-host aaron first and foremost how are you doing sir and uh yeah man a weird week weird week man good and bad in a trade i, I forgot to mention that i think we are going to talk a little bit about that monte uh, morris trade as well i am well um yeah the morrises apparently might be two morrises but monte Mm -hmm. is a for sure thing the other one's still a little bit up in the air i like to trade chris i think it's a good spot there's a few guys i would have liked more i think we talked a little bit about that off air but um you know you get what you get um or what you can get i suppose and just a weird week with both squads i think you know dropping that game the gophers was a tough one and then you know the bulls that's an interesting one. We'll talk about it. It's, I don't know. It's bad positions and stuff, but it, uh, it's not one you want to drop, especially with you know, Zach Levine and all that stuff. But, um, you know, it's still sitting atop the West. I think that's a not a very, uh, I guess, uh, spot that we're used to. And, you know, a lot of people freaking out. You know, it's, it's nitpicking at this point, um, but some of it's valid. Um, obviously, we lost Shake and Troy Brown. You know, but the, I get, there goes our discussion about should we use Troy Brown more? Um, I guess we got that answer. <laughs> and now we say, what do we do with J Mac and whatnot? Um, you know, he fills his spot on the bench, I guess, but 
you know, it's, I think, you know, coming out of the break, Chris, we'll probably start to see that rotation stiffen up a little bit, get a little bit more concrete. I think uh, Finch is still kind of throwing things out there um, for good or for bad. Um, but yeah, it was a tough to watch the Bills, the Bulls lost, but then you come back against Milwaukee and, and play pretty well to win. Yeah, no doubt. And I was going to bring it up again this week. When are we going to play Joe? It's funny because he got in the game a little bit ago. He just jacked a three right away. It's like, hey, buddy, calm down, man. Calm down. Um, but, yeah, we might as well lead with that trade. Backup point guard. I think he's 28 years old. Morris, like you said, maybe Marcus Morris, like a, a wingman kind of forward that could shoot. I heard Morris Day is good. Okay, that was a tough joke. Um, the guy had to add About time. Him. Yeah, right, exactly. Um, so – I really like it. You know, this guy has been a very consistent player. Um, you know, a lot of talk about Tyus Jones. He actually didn't end up getting moved. They wanted a first-round pick. Um, Player-wise, you know, salary-wise, we probably would have had to give up more than him, maybe slow-mo, uh, or more than what we did. But like I said, Troy Brown, Shake never really solidified themselves in the lineup really like those signings as far as free agency, but they just didn't work in a second rounder. And, you know, second rounders actually have a little bit more value than they used to, but it's, you know, it's 23rd. So I think we're good there. They managed to keep their upcoming in this, this 2024 draft. They managed to keep what should be a very high second rounder. I think it's Memphis. If I remember correctly, and then they do have a first-rounder. A lot of people thought, we have a first-rounder. Why don't we, you know, trade it to get Tyus? And I'm like, we couldn't. We could. We can trade that on the night of the draft. That's what happens when a lot of first-round picks go out. They do have little, you know, details in there. So we can maybe, we could, you know, if we, if we like a player in the draft, we could use the first in that high second to move up in the draft or – we could use both of those to get a player instead of having to go through free agency, which we won't have a ton of money, obviously, because we have a lot of our players signed. So back to Morris, though, you know, assist to turnover. He's very much like a Conley, maybe a poor man's Conley. Tyus Jones as well uh, just gets people in the right spots, just a steady player. We saw it, like, off the bench. And then recently – not so much this year because he was hurt, but recently, the last two years, we saw him in the starting lineup. And it's not like some of those good numbers when he was coming off the bench, you know, didn't improve or all of a sudden the turnovers went way up or something like that. And when Murray was out with Denver, he played really well. And they got out of the first round. And so he has a he has playoff experience. And he's just got a, a lot of savviness. So, the turnover stuff, I think he's just going to help glue together what appears to be a solid bench. Uh, and I think in recent games, it's improved a little more where we're getting more production out of it instead of it mostly being Nas. But I, I think when you look at that, having, you know, Morris and Alexander Walker and slow-mo, those are the guys that can handle the ball. And then J-Mac as well. And we never know. I mean, remember we were talking about how D'Angelo works so good with the bench unit, and he can still play with J-Mac. Now, he was a little taller um, and longer, so maybe having, you know, he's not a big dude, Morris. But I, I think that might be able to, you know, might be able to get some minutes out of that. We'll see. But I just think I, I, like, I like to trade a lot. And the – you know, getting his Larry Bird rights help with the off season because it allows you to extend him with the salary cap stuff. If we were just going to – we wouldn't be able to get a player like him straight up uh, with the salary cap, you know, issues. So I think that helps because, you know, we want Conley back. I think everybody wants Conley back. but And we could see an extension in the coming weeks. You never know. But if some – up-and-coming team saw what he did here, maybe someone throws some money at him, and he's just like, well, they're a contender too. I'll go there. So who knows? Who knows? I want Conley back. Like I said, I'd love to see an extension here soon. But um, 
you just never know because we are up against it with the cap. And, and just we, I don't want to go too crazy long in the Chicago stuff, um, but when you're up 69 to 47, you have a 23-point lead at one point in the first half. It's just rough, dude. You know, and and this is a game that and and Cat were going off, and that's tough to get them sometimes both going off in one game. Um, but after that, sixty nine to forty seven at half, eighty two to fifty two second half in overtime. I mean, it was rough, dude. It was really rough. And when you still, I don't know. It's like we got down a little. Like they, they finally came all the way back. Um, but you look at some of this stuff and it's like, all right, you know, it's a three point game with eight something left. And then with five something, you know, I'm looking at it. It says cat hit a three on back to back possessions. It's one Oh nine, one Oh four with five minutes left. Um, and then they proceed to miss like five or six threes in a row. I think cat, yeah, cat got blocked on one of those threes. And before you know it, it's a, 228 mark and it's 112 to 110 but even so you know um it was 115 apiece with 50 seconds left like we had we had the we had opportunities man the bulls missed two shots late cat missed the three then cat hit some free throws and had a nice driving layup this is talking more overtime now 119 to 119 and and they go on a 6-0 run and you know, Ant hit a three to cut it to 125 to 122 with a buck 35 left. But this is where he did kind of, <clears throat> along with the rest of the team, because let's talk defense. Like, McDaniels, Ant, the perimeter was not good. Cat was getting picked on at the four. You know, we talked about in this uh, trade for Rudy, there's going to be some nights where Cat's going to get picked on or there's just not a good four matchup for him. And that's exactly what this was. Um, but, you know, we did have a struggle at the end. Ant had a turnover, missed a free throw, got blocked twice. Rudy had an offensive foul. Like I said, Cat got blocked on a three earlier. And then in and, and, and slow-mo had a technical from the bench. And it's like, are we really, dude? Like, you know, in the, the way the, the ref said it, like, we, we, we let him complain for a while, and then we said, hey, dude, Tighten up a little bit, okay? No, just just calm down a little bit. Um, so he wasn't saying about his mother, or you know, wasn't saying any the way he, Kyle said, not even swear words or nothing. But when it's a tie game going into overtime, that one point does mean something. So you know, there was no Zach Levine, and I and, and it just feels like that you know that kind of eased them up. Like okay, they don't have Zach, but you know they have Derosian. They have guys that could play, and White went off. Like, that's what I, I don't know. It's like it's just like they let their guard down, Aaron, and they just defensively, even more than offense in this game, defensively, I mean, it was rough. But 82-52 to 52 from the second half in overtime, man, that's rough. Yeah, that's, you know, you hit a lot of points there that I was probably going to hit, but, you know, complacency, defensive lapses, um, you know, bad possessions, missed shots, stupid fouls. I mean, almost a litany of things that, you know, allow you to lose games, but to give up those kind of leads, um, just kind of, and then going to overtime with a chance to win and you still, you know, make dumb mistakes and can't get out. Like you said, Ant and Cap had decent offensive games. Uh, perimeter defense wasn't great, but I think they thought, okay, we can salt this one away. We got a big lead and it just, you know, Bulls didn't go away. And that's the thing about the NBA. You know, they all got NBA players. And if you get caught slipping, you know, then you're going to have a problem. Um, and that's what happened in that game. It's disappointing because you want to say, okay, I think we're past that as a squad. We don't have to take nights off or quarters off or halves off, but you know, you get caught up in things like that. Um, a lot. And I don't think it was, you know, it's not one thing. It's not the one thing you can point to, Chris. It's the combination of all those things. And I think you nailed a few things like, you know, Slumbo didn't need to be complaining, get a technical, uh, you know, getting blocked on a three when you probably could have found a better shot somewhere else. Um, just defensive problems in the second half. 
uh, and just maybe not enough want to in that one kind of led uh, to that loss. And, you know, we go into this show, we always say, you know, can we get over the fact that are we going to not drop, you know, games to teams that we shouldn't drop them to because they're going to mean something. Obviously, with how tight the top four are in the West, um, every game means something, every quarter, and it's going to keep getting tighter and tighter. Um, so you don't want to be dropping games that you shouldn't, and that's the disappointing part about it is they could have won that one with a little bit more steel. Um, but they, you know, they're the Timberwolves, and they are young, and they're learning to be, you know, I don't think they've ever been atop the West before and how to hold it and take it. So I, I just think it's a learning curve thing. Hopefully, um, you know, as long as Ant continues to play well, and Cat continues to be a kind of overall the number two um, or maybe even a 1B this season. Um, I think it, these are kind of adversity little bumps in the road that you're going to have to take. It's just you'd like to pull away if you can uh, for the lead in the West. It's going to be tough, especially tonight you got the Clips. And, you know, there's just everybody's barking at each other's heels right now. You can't be dropping games, Chris. Yeah, and it's not like we had a lot of turnovers uh, per se in that game, but – um, they were just timely, you know. Aunt McDaniel's both had five or four or whatever, but it was it was just timely. I think we had thirteen. Yeah, we had thirteen. So it wasn't so much of them, but it's just yeah, it's just timely. But you're right. I mean, it is part of the learning curve, and you know, um, it just it's just one of those things where you're like, dude, you got to take every team serious, especially when they literally have in their starting lineup legitimate players. You know, you're not playing someone completely out of it. But, but um, the key thing is, like I mentioned, they did bounce back. Now, you know, no Chris Milton and no uh, Lillard. So that that's a team where you're like, all right, dude, there's no excuse now. you you got to beat this team. Giannis is out there, but still you got to do it. And, you know, Giannis had, I believe, like a big third quarter. But other than that, I mean, the first half did a pretty good job of Really good job, really. I think he started coming on late second and then had a big third quarter. But for a while there, we were slowing him down pretty good. And um, Rudy was really, really good. Had You know, the combination of Rudy at the rim slowing down Giannis, and surprisingly, after getting exploited the game before, Cat, there's certain matchups that if you ask him to do certain things, like he's good at Jokic because of the length, and Jokic isn't fast. Giannis is faster, obviously, but we know he's not going to take his three. And if he takes eight of them, please do, Giannis. Please take eight of them. So he actually was good at just kind of keeping up. The, the key with Giannis is you just got to keep him out of the paint as much as you can. So the combination of Cat out there, and then when he did get by, uh, you know, like Rudy doing a hell of a job and being efficient, man. And we actually saw that, I think it was early to mid-second quarter, we saw that big lineup where Nas was out there too. And we saw a recent lineup where Slow-Mo was out there too, and it was like, oh, man, wow, this is a long-ass, long-ass thing, long-ass lineup, obviously. But, yeah, I mean, I like the way they play, you know, like Ant in that game, had some good bounce passes to Rudy, um, which is not necessarily his strength to Rudy anyway. Um, and overall, like, Ant played great in that game. He had, you know, nine assists with no turnovers. Um, the first, the highest he's ever had with no turnovers. Um, at the end, he even called glass uh, from a three-pointer. That's how much we were beating him. But, yeah, we went on like a 25 to run, 25 a 20 to 5 run, and I think in the third it was like 28 to 11 uh, at a certain point. So we, we really blew them out. I mean, it was like 102.75. You know, the Bucks hung in there as far as playing good in that quarter, but 21 of 41 from the three point line, only eight turnovers, 34 assists, I think on 48 makes. So that was pretty good. Slow Mo had 8.6 assists, Nas was 6 of 11. 17 points. Conley. It was nice to see Conley hit some shots, and boy, did he hit him. He was 6-6 six, six there for a while. Uh, just good to see him get the rust off. Um, and, yeah, so overall, 
like I said, it was it was a situation where they don't have Dame Lillard. You got to beat them, and they beat them. So they they kind of got their three day rest, uh, which means they came home, and then uh, you know they they took off. I think Sunday night, so they could play late night uh, West Coast time, nine thirty here. Um, play the Clippers. So that that was a good win overall, and just a good team win. Um, you know. Milwaukee. Yeah, especially coming off the the loss before it. Um, like you said, you didn't have Dame, so you probably win that one. You should. I mean, we'd be talking a whole different way if they had lost that. Um, but they bounced back and got it. Chris, you were talking about Morris a bit for it. And my point was on that is like, it's nice to have that backup point guard with some experience, Chris, that can like, you know, also you don't lose an experience gap. There's not a gap in between who's leading the first and second team on the bench. And then, you know, having slow-mo go back to the four, which I think is going to happen for the most part and not be forced into like this point forward situation uh, might also help in the long run. But, um, you know, Milwaukee was down. Yeah. See, you need to win that one. Um, And now the ones coming up are, you know, obviously the Clipper game, Chris, is huge. And um, I don't, you, you know, was the Thunder that was kind of, you know, bouncing back and forth with the one. I mean, it's kind of impressive, Chris, that we've held on to the one spot um, throughout all this kind of jockeying for number two. Um, even though we did drop some games, it's 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 getting kind of impressive at this point in the season. I know. There was a post that went out that said that you know this is a farthest that we've been farthest in the season we've been number one seed, um, and if you remember, it was really hard for those Garnett teams to be the number one seed because there's the, the Spurs and Lakers and all those guys back in the day. So um, it's pretty impressive. Found him, yeah. right? So yeah, um, it's impre- I'm impressed right now. So it's kind of hard for me to be really uh, harsh on them or really. Uh, it's hold them accountable for bad plays and bad defensive stuff like that. But it's, you know, I find it weird that some of these fans out here are just like, like we're always at the top of the West and, you know, we nitpick away at, at whatever it is. I'm not saying that, you know, it means much in the end, but uh, it's this rarefied air to see us at that spot. And um, to hold that, I think going in the all-star break is uh, pretty important. Yeah, and, um, you know, on the day where they cut it off, we did manage to get a dub, so Finchie will be in the All-Star game along with some assistance, so that's kind of cool. Um, we didn't get a chance to talk about at Ant and Cat making it. We all knew Edwards would make it straight up uh, as a reserve, but weren't sure about Cat just because, you know, the national media is not – it's kind of all over the place. So he made it too. So that it's very, I think it was the only fifth time that we've had fourth or fifth time that we've had two in a game. So that was pretty good. And Rudy, you know, made a comment of like, I'm going to be on the beach, dude. I could care less. I'm getting rest. So, um, and also, so you get a week off and, you know, you do get some practice time too. You get a little rest, but then also practice. And that'll be helpful for Morris, no doubt. But, Something we talked about is shooting more threes. We're the second best percentage uh, three-point shooting team in the league right now. And, you know, in recent years when we've had a – well, not last year, but the years before when we had a smaller lineup, we shot a lot more threes. Um, And I'm not saying we have to go all the way to that, but it's something that whether – and Cat has something to do with this, too, having him shoot more from threes. I know, once again, the national media and even some local people, like, put him on the block. But it's like, dude, you know, up until recently, he, he's it's the lowest three-point output since, like, 2000, I can't remember, 18 or 19. Like, he hasn't been just jacking them. So, um, and when you're shooting, like, 43% from the three, you should shoot more of them. In the team, and that's that extra pass, too. That's not the ISO stuff. That's not the over-dribbling. That's not getting the ball sticky. It's the extra pass that generally does end up to an open three. In the last two games, 41-86 from three. Um, and, and, you know, Ant, um, 
if you look at, like I mentioned, the nine assists, no turnovers, but from three thirteen to 27 lately, and, and I do think he's getting out of that little funk he was in for a little bit, 32-38-32, and really only one game where you could maybe point out some, oh, man, what are you doing there, you know? But other than that, like, he's 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 looking good, man. He looks like he's turning the corner, getting out of that funk. And like you said, I mean, I think it was like seven days or 18 days or something like that, that that 2003-2004 squad had the number one seed. And they I think they had to win like the last six, and one of them in San Antonio back then. So we didn't hold it long, and nobody's hold it, held it anywhere near as long as us. I don't think – I don't even think you may be able to – hold it as long as us anyway this year, uh, even if someone held the rest of the way. But, yeah, I mean, you can't – it's like – it's kind of a week-by-week week thing, not necessarily game-by-game. Game and, and you know, you might be third or fourth, and then you can jump up and be first or second really quick. So, yeah, you don't want to live and die by, you know, looking at the thing every single day. I mean, you could look at it every day, but just don't stress out. You know, because I like how you said that. Like, just calm down a little bit. We still have time. We acquired a guy who's a big assist turnover guy um, that should calm things down and help and give Conley a much-needed breather because that's key. We've been playing him a lot of minutes. We've been playing Ann a lot of minutes, McDaniels a lot of minutes. So this is the type of guy who you can keep in the lineup if that lineup's producing for an extra handful of minutes as well, which is something that we did a lot before. The only guy now, it seems, is Nas that that happens to once in a while, slow-mo. But, um, yeah, I mean, let, let's just let's just calm down. We have a really great shot at getting a top-four seed. Home court, if you, if you told us, you know, home court advantage, you know, at the end of this year, which is very doable – knock on wood, no injuries, like, you got to be pretty happy beyond the, you know, like you said, it's not that you can't be critical, but this, you know, I mean, we actually got some help by Denver losing recently and and the Clippers, and so, I don't know, man, but yeah, it is a little over the top, but yeah, this is, it's almost like I'm just, I'm just happy most of the time, you know what I mean? Yeah. it's, It's just fun to see and watch and, and know that we're not even playing our best basketball. Well, knock on wood, Chris, definitely, because we've been healthier than we have been the last, what, two, three years. Uh, no uh, extended cat injury here, knock on wood. Uh, nothing with Edwards except for maybe a little couple games here and there. Um, Nas, Gobert, everybody's healthy. Um, that, you know, changes a lot uh, when you talk about through the course of a season, and so far it's been that way. Yeah, definitely. Um and so tonight, they have the Clippers, and I just saw officially that McDaniels will be playing, so that's good. I mean, obviously, you know, having Friday, Saturday, Sunday off probably helped that index finger. I, be- I don't know if it was shooting hand or not, but it looks like that's all cleared up. Um, now, man, the Clippers have been pl- – it's funny because the last time we played them, they had been on a – Really, really good run. We beat them. That was the game where we had like a 16-point lead in the fourth, and we almost gave it up. And I remember getting a little pushback from a couple of people saying, hey, just be happy that they, they won. It's like, I hear you, but – and then we've seen what's happened in a couple of these other games where we had these leads. But we were just pointing it out because it was, it was truthful. But they did win that game, um, and they came in really hot. Well, now, I mean, they're like – I think 10 of their last 12 or something like that. They had a big comeback on Saturday against Detroit. I think they had like a 17-2 to run to, to, to close that out. So they've been playing good. And, and on paper, I mean, you know, right now, obviously, we're contenders. Uh, you know, the top four are all contenders. Um, the Suns really seem like they're starting to figure it out. There's some dangerous teams in the first, obviously, when you have like a guy like Luka or LeBron, or whoever, you know, Golden State. They're, they're risky first, you know, round games, or series, I should say. Um, but the Clippers, man, they are actually kind of looking like 
the team that they put together a few years ago and they just haven't been healthy. And so right now at basically the midway point, um, I, don't, don't, right now they're my pick to get to the finals out of there. Um, you know, just being non-biased straight up. They, and they can go small ball, but they do have Zubak. They do have a big, so, <clears throat> um, not that, that we don't match up okay with them because we beat them last time and we, we've, we've been able to play with them, but I don't know, man. They're, they're looking really good lately. So it will be a, a big challenge, but you know how it's going sometimes of late in the last, like what, five weeks, four weeks. Aaron, I could totally see us beating the Clippers and then losing to Portland or something like that, you know, because if we lose to the Clippers, okay, no big deal. We play the night after in Portland. Then we get a day off and play another game at Portland. And you'd hate to see a one and two week, you know, just slipping up type thing. Yeah, I mean, talk about the last time we played the Clippers, Chris. They threw everything at us but the kitchen sink. We're just trying to find a, a chink in the armor, I think, and a way to play against us. And I think they thought they might have figured something out. I mean, they've got the Avengers over there with a bunch of aging guys that are old, you know, ex-All-Stars uh, coming in and playing together. Obviously, they're going to be a pretty good squad when they get it together. You know, maybe you're right. Maybe that is the one in, in the West. Who knows? Um, coming down the stretch with just experience and guys that have been there. I can see your point there. Um, you know, against us, who's more youthful, um, maybe not as experienced, especially deep in the playoffs um, and whatnot. But, uh, yeah, I mean – you want to beat the Clippers, obviously. It'll help you maintain your spot in the West. Uh, losing it, you know, the two against Portland, I feel like that's a split, Chris, somehow, one way or the other. Either you beat the Clippers and you split with Portland. I, I'm fine with that. Uh, you win the first one, lose the second one, and go into the breaker. I guess that would be my preferred split there. But, um, you know, I want the Clipper game here because it's your real, it's your only real game, quote unquote, uh, in this three game stretch going into the break. Um, it's, I guess you could say the most meaningful, maybe a better way of putting that. Um, and you want to take that one and you also want to stack yourself up against what might be the, the best team in the West, the Clippers, see where you stand. I mean, if you can beat them again, uh, you have state claim first half of the season. Uh, as the best team in the West. If you lose, then you split, and you can arguably say that, but, you know, there's no for sure thing there. Um, not that that counts for anything big, except for, you know, maybe a little confidence coming out of the break. Um, so I'm going to say probably, uh, you know, I want to say 3-0 and just to be uh, confident in the squad, but I really think you'll probably drop one of them, whether it's, tonight against the Clippers and you beat Portland twice, or I really think you're beat the Clippers tonight, probably beat Portland the following night, and then maybe lose that one going into the break. Uh, maybe Finch gives them the night off, quote, you know, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, or something like that, if they can manage to uh, win the first two. I doubt they drop, I doubt they give them the old wink, wink, to be honest with you, just because it's so tight, you know what I mean? And, They've been stressing, like, no matter who we're playing and all that. But, yeah, that sounds about right. You know, I maybe a month ago I'd have been like, yeah, I feel like it's 3-0, you know. Um, but even if we beat the Clippers, I, I'd have to agree with you. I think that it could be a split there, especially on a back-to-back. We haven't been as good, um, you know. So, and, and, you know, I think the last two back-to-backs are two out of three. Ant's been really good, and that has been something in his young career that the back-to-backs haven't been as good for him. So uh, it looks like he's building on that, and we know what kind of offseason he had. So that would be pretty good. If you look at the road, the Timberwolves are now 17-10 and 10 on the road, um, and they average, and this comes from Noel Thompson on Twitter, they average uh, 14.2 turnovers per game. Um but 13 and 4, or sorry, 14 and 4, when committing fewer turnovers than their opponents. Some of this is just basic stuff, but it really is. Like, hey, dude, you know, we're, we're really now, of course, they have something to do with it because they're applying pressure and, you know, their defense and blah, blah, blah. But I mean, some of the stuff is just forcing 
you know, and we've also the the first ten weeks, or sorry, the first month or so, we were like anywhere from like eighteen to like twenty two when it came to defensive rebound. Now the last ten weeks we're number one uh, in a rebounding stat, defensive rebounding percent percentage. The last four years we were twenty seven, twenty eight, twenty six. Now we're third. You know, we are starting to kind of figure out where we're supposed to be on the court, who's there, what's that. You know, I don't know. The offensive rebounds, I think we could still do better. But it does seem like there's an emphasis of getting back in transition, especially with a bigger lineup with two slower guys. So you kind of got to take the good with the bad. But, um, yeah, man, I I think two and one, you know, is, uh, yeah, of course, they beat the Clippers tonight. We'll be like, oh, we can beat Portland twice. But it still feels like it could be two and one. Any last words before we get into uh, the Golden Gophers who had, you know, had a nice streak. They were uh, tied for fourth place in the Big Ten for a second, fifth place. Um, you know, winners of three in a row and then and then dropped an ugly one. But any, any more uh, T-Wolf stuff, sir? Well, I suppose we'll probably know by the time we do the show next week about the other Morris. And what are your thoughts on that? I don't know a lot about him. Marcus Morris, his age, does he fit in age-wise to the squad? Is he like veteran help? Uh, what's the point of getting him? Um, just maybe a little extra bench help. Um, does he fit into the starters? Like a small forward type of guy, I suppose. So you kind of fill that hole. But um, theoretically, if you were to get him, what would you be getting? Yeah, I mean, he's a guy that can um, do some assists. He's kind of an all-purpose guy. He can rebound in that. But but he can shoot really well. He can score really well, too. There's times where um, he'll be able to take somebody one-on-one. He's just a valuable bench guy, and I think he has the height and length and playmaking ability. I think, you know, slow-mo's better at playmaking, but he can shoot. And so if slow-mo's having one of those games or if he gets into foul problems or, you know, maybe uh, because there's times where Rudy and Cat or Nas and Cat or whatever will get in foul problems, it's another bigger player uh, that can be out there. But, yeah, it's like, you know, we had one spot, roster spot, before the trade. Obviously, we took out two, brought in only one. So we still had that one spot. And, you know, the buyout market, every, you know, we don't know exactly who's going to be in the buyout market because they have to get bought out. It sounds funny, but it's true. Um, so technically, he hasn't gotten bought out yet, but he is. it sounds like it's a done deal when it comes to getting bought out for the rest of the year. So... The buyout market, Aaron, is usually not some place where we, you know, have any ability to pick up anything. So it's nice for depth, mostly. Maybe he won't even get a lot of playing time in the playoffs or something. But, yeah, it's a depth piece. If we did have an injury, knock on wood, to any of the bigs, we'd be okay. But, yeah, kind of a wing, can play power forward, but a kind of a wing guy who can score. Uh, you know, he gets kind of gritty. That's for sure on defense as well, and he, you know, he'll uh, maybe get an extra follow two to, to to make a point type guy. But no, he's he's played in a lot of uh, playoff games too. So I would like, I mean, it'd be by far the best uh, buyout market I think we've ever gotten because uh, he'd just be a you got you 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 might as well fill up your roster going to the playoffs, and so that that you know it's just just another guy for depth, uh, you know variety of stuff is different than slow-mo but brings some of the similar things but can shoot just scores in a different way yeah i like the idea of some grit i don't know i want to don't want to say this team is soft by any stretch but they're young and they need a little i won't say an enforcer but somebody who ain't afraid to pick up a foul or you know throw an elbow here or there protect somebody who might be getting bullied around um, you know, Rudy gets a lot of guff out there. Maybe uh, somebody just kind of come in and deal with that. And also, like you said, hedge any injuries, uh, knock on wood, that might happen, I guess. Um, and if he's a good shooter, that helps too. I just don't want to end up in another Shake Milton thing. But if you do, you know, Shake rode the bench well, and I'm sure this guy will do it as well. Um, and, you know, I don't know. I, you know. Let's talk about Gophers. Chris, I, I get the feeling, the impression here. It's like um, – 
I do like the wins, but it's two step forward, one step back, or is it one step forward, two steps back? Can't really tell with them. Um, you know, a couple nice wins, and then you go in Iowa, you play a really nice first half, Chris. You build a lead, things are going great, and then comes the second half. I mean, I'd say this year has definitely been a step forward more than a, well, I don't know. Yeah, well, I guess where we were from, two steps forward, you know. Um, but, yeah, obviously, you know, sitting at 6-6, six and six, um, it, it sure would have been nice to be, I know it's kind of funny, but it would, it would have been nice to be um, 7-5 and five, knowing that you have to play at Purdue. And, and you know, Purdue – has won eight in a row. Could they lose? You know, I don't know if we could throw enough size at that dude, but could they finally lose? Sure. You know, who knows? Maybe we do pull up the upset. If we got that, that would be one of the better wins that if we kept playing consistently, we could find our way in the, you know, on the bubble and beyond the bubble. But at six and six, you know, I still think it's a, a major step forward this year. That Michigan State game, kind of a even start to it. Minnesota jumped up like 20 to 13 with like under nine minutes, but then we just got outscored. They just went, you know, nuts with threes, and, you know, we find ourselves down. So we've only been tied once, but otherwise, all the other games we've been down besides the Iowa game. Uh, but Christie, Cam Christie, the true freshman, started heating up. Early in that uh, game, he hit back-to-back three, or in the second half, hit back-to-back threes. One of them was an end one. Um, you know, Payne was giving us really good minutes. It was a it was a competitive game, and Christie just kept hitting threes, kept hitting threes. I think he ended with five of seven from three, um, hit like a dagger to close it out, and they hit their free throws. You know, that was another big one. Um, so... I was really, really happy with that. Anytime you beat Michigan State, right, we always say, hey, you know, they're at least well-coached or whatever. But, yeah, that second half, man, I mean, there was a moment where we were six of nine from three in the first half. I mean, up 51 to 38, Dawson was like seven to eight, 18 points. Carrington coming off the bench because we did have Payne and Hawkins getting foul problems early. But um, just good all-around play. Mitchell hit some threes late in that first half. Um, and, you know, there's a point where we're 10 and 14 from the three. 10 and 14 from the three-point land. And then I think we only hit one more. I think we went 0 of 8 from three after that. It just – now, I'll say this, okay. It was – of course, your best player, your most experienced player is Dawson Garcia, right? So I understand that he was out for like the last 15 minutes. The It was kind of weird because the way they spoke about it, it was like he got hit in the nuts, right? But I could see him grabbing a different part of his leg, and I'm like, I don't know, dude. And, and sure enough, you know, he only played 24 minutes. He left 15 minutes later. Uh, or 15, for the last 15 minutes plus, whatever. And there was a moment where, I mean, since that moment, it was like some kind of crazy number, like as far as the run they made uh, without him. So that that clearly hurt us, no doubt about it. But, I mean, I was really hoping Ola Joseph, who's been struggling ever since he was coming off the bench, because Joyce, or not Joyce, but Payne was playing so well that Ola Joseph, you know, just got put to the bench. And he hasn't been playing a whole lot. I was really hoping he could step up. Fox has been playing pretty good off the bench. And Carrington had 18 points. But, yeah, I mean, you end up 12 of 26 when you were 10 of 14, you know, from the three. And we just, between foul problems, turnovers, the, the, the defense just shut down. It was just ugly, man. It was really rough. And, and even with like 10 minutes go, we were up by 10. You know, I mean, I, we just needed to find some form of offense. But you're looking at the 420 mark of that quarter, 66 to 47. Like, 
you're up a lot, dude. And there's just, there really isn't an excuse not to be able to get some points. And that, that was a, that was a big thing for me, man. It, it just, I don't know, man. It was rough. It was definitely rough. And uh, I think, you know, even at the 13 minute mark, we're up, we're up 14. Like it's just, I don't know, man. It, it was, it was pretty ugly. And there are some times where the offense just looks kind of lost and, you know, that's on the players, but you know, that is on the coach too. And it, you know, I think Johnson's definitely earned, you know, his way into being the coach next year. If he had a rough year, that was up for, you know, debate. But yeah, man, it's just a, now we might, you know, more than likely we're going to lose two back to backs. And that's the one thing we can't get on a three and four. So hopefully, you know, we play on Thursday at Purdue. Then we got a Rutgers, a, a winnable game, and it is at home. So we have to stop the – if we don't win at Purdue, which I'm not expecting them to, then we definitely have to stop the bleeding at home, my friend. Yeah, it was just bad to watch you, you know, watch that game kind of deteriorating to what it became. Um, you know, Payne, good player. Hawkins, good players. Um, Dawson leaving probably had a bigger impact than we think, Chris, or than we would like to think. Um, maybe it's some sort of leadership or, you know, keeping things uh, quiet. And But nonetheless, you know, that's the shooting dried up. And like you said, they went from a really nice three-point percentage down to probably not nice one. And um, that'll lead to losses. And, you know, look in the future, you got to – you can't expect much of Purdue. Hopefully you can go in there and you can beat uh, beat them. But, you know, that's that's a – uh, fingers crossed type of deal, but you got to bounce back and beat Rutgers. You can't go on extended losing uh, streak here. If you want to remain NIT eligible, which is the goal here, um, possibly tournament, but you know, you can't be ineligible for the NIT two years in a row and, and try to skate through the off season like that. Um, but they're, you know, watching a little closer, Chris, I think there's building blocks. Like you said, pain, I like Hawkins. Um, you want a little more off the bench, but that takes some time. Um, and six and six isn't terrible, Chris. You're right. Yeah, I maybe Jam under Christie, man. He's been you know, playing really good. Maybe I undersold, you know, uh, the state of the squad. Um, six and six is not uh, fireable, I think, at this point. Um, but yeah, you want to see an upward trajectory there. Um, but yeah, I mean, go and do what you can against Purdue. Try to get healthy, stay healthy, and, and get yourself a win at Rutgers, Ohio State, Nebraska. Nice little stretch coming up. Yeah, and I'd say the other one that kind of mimics this loss was uh, Missouri going on a 31-9 run. And I'm looking at it right now. It was, let's see, it was 59-39. to Gophers lead with 11-25 in that ballgame. So you're up by 20 with 11 minutes left. Like, that I remember that going, man, and now Missouri hasn't had a good year, so it didn't feel as good then. It actually hurts us more now because they're not doing good. Um, but, yeah, that those two losses really stand out as, like, really, dude? Like, you have to find a way. Uh, but, yeah, I've, I've liked it so far. Three-game winning streak. Should have been four. Could have, should have, would have. But, yeah, I mean, I think he's he's recruited really well. And – this last stretch in into next year is when we're going to find out, you know, how well he can coach, like all the way, game coach and all that. So, because there are some times, like he, I understand, like we're giving up the lead slowly but surely, but he was taking these timeouts to where in the last probably four or five minutes, we only had one timeout left. So, I don't know. We're, we're, we're you know, I'm happy with this season, um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's one of those losses that you're like, man, where are they? Where is their mindset? Because they know they let it go. And it just, I feel for them. I really do. Because, uh, they should be seven and five and then seven and six going into Sunday's uh, game. Speaking of a little gophers, and since we usually, when we do the Viking show, we always finish with the gophers. Well, PJ Fleck was the top choice for the UCLA recent, uh, recently filled coach. There was, a, I think, a pool of, like, 10 or 11 coaches. He was near the top or the top choice. 
and uh didn't happen. So everybody calm down a little bit. Everybody calm down. He, he didn't go anywhere. Um, but it show it goes to show you UCLA um, is having problems with the NLI. They're they're you can see it in their basketball program, which is much like the last six seven years. It's been way better than their football. Their football has been solid, but uh, Chip Kelly left UCLA to go and be an offensive coordinator for Ohio State, who saw Michigan run the ball and play good defense, and they said, hey, we're going to run the ball and play good defense, and that's how we're going to beat them, uh, because they designed that defense Michigan did to stop the passing game. Um, you saw it, you know, you saw it in the Washington game, uh, in the championship game, but overall, the last three years now, uh, they just realized you can't, just be a pass first, and you always have these stud running backs. So kind of interesting, man. It's really telling that that happened, um, that Chip Kelly, who, you know, was doing okay there, not great, though. Um, he is one of those coaches that seemed like he didn't want to go that extra mile that you got to do nowadays, which I don't blame him. So watch out for Ohio State this coming year. But, yeah, we kept our guy. Everybody calmed down a little bit. But, yeah, I mean, next year, dude, go for wise like, they'll return a fair amount of their guys. Um, the one I'm worried about is Ola Joseph. Now, he is a local kid. But if you look at when he was playing his first two years, um, he's got pretty good numbers. He can shoot. He can do a little bit of everything. So my guess is that if anyone's going to leave – It'd be him. Now, if Dawson Garcia decided to go pro, well, then I think Ola Joseph would be in the starting lineup, so I think he'd come back. But um, got a lot of talent, man. Everybody's eligible to come back next year, whether that happens or not. The fact that literally everybody's eligible to come back, we're going to be able to bring a fair amount of them back. So, yeah, I I think overall they're doing pretty good. They just got to tighten up down the stretch and do what they did, you know, in the first half. Yeah, I mean, let's let's hope that they come back. Uh, you don't lose anyone really significant because, like you said, it's trending upward, and, and you'd like to see that. Now, you know, did Fleck turn that, you know, job? I don't know if he was offered the job or not or if that was just media speculation, um, or did he, you know, make that like one of those ploys for, an, uh, you know, a couple-year extension and a couple extra million dollars or whatever that they usually do for coaches, but. Yeah, UCLA is interesting uh, situation. Chris and Chip Kelly leaving, going to Ohio State to, you know, shockingly play defense and run the football. Uh, who would have thought that would be the game plan at Ohio State? Um, but nonetheless, you can catch the podcast anywhere. Catch the podcasts, uh, Spotify, iHeartRadio, um, Apple, all the places. Uh, Robodope Radio is the home base. Um, looking for a good. Uh, three games to go in the break for the Wolves. We'll see what happens. Like I said, I think the major game there is the Clips. I think we can agree on that, and that is tonight, so we're probably going to DVR that. Um, we'll talk to you next week and see if the Morris situation has uh, worked itself out. Peace. <laughs>